the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Hey, I had a uh, lot of things going through my mind this weekend. One of them is that this... Uh, radio program is actually eventually going to be broadcast simulcast live once we figure out how to do it <laughs> we have all the equipment <laughs> we're ready the uh we just have to figure out how to turn it on and get it running and uh you'll be able to go to my website or actually you'll be able to go to my youtube channel and pull it up and and watch real time uh you'll be able to call into the radio show uh from wherever you are that is the uh, that's pretty awesome and thank you very much, by the way, for um, the fish and WHK twelve uh, twenty. You know, they're very helpful here. I don't know if you're looking to develop your own uh, content to to put out both on the internet and uh, traditional radio, like I do. Then uh, you should call these people because they will work with you. They'll help you. Actually, they're helping me do this right now. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I really like it. The, the technology just blows my mind. And that's what is blowing my mind still. It, it, it's always kind of done that. But, I mean, the the, the uh, advancements, I mean, the, just the progress, it's being it's so fast. You know, you, you read a lot of stuff that says, oh, there's not much progress, there hasn't been much efficiency, and I forgot what they're, some other terms that they're using. But I'm like, really? Uh I don't know where you are, <laughs> but you know what? I have a really hard time learning how to use my phone now. <laughs> I know it does all kinds of really cool stuff, and uh, my old one died. You know, I had it for a long time and used and abused it forever, and just had to get the new one. I'm looking at the camera on this thing, and holy cow. So one of the guys that's going to help me produce some video for this program uh, and the website is looking at it. He goes, hey, you know what? You should just use this. <laughs> I'm like, really? By the way, the kid has a bachelor's degree in filmmaking. And he says, yeah, use your iPhone. <laughs> so I'm going, wow, that's, uh, well, save me some money. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. But anyway, got a lot of uh, pretty good stuff to talk about. I, I did set up a seminar. And uh, I always love saying there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Just because of weird like that. <laughs> Really, but the uh, the, I have a new seminar coming up, and if you go to my website and you click on it, I'm gonna see if it works because we were, yes, awesome. The the 
seminar is going to be November 21st, so just a couple of days, a, a couple, yeah, actually a week before um, Thanksgiving, which should be a great time. So a week before Thanksgiving, it's November 21st, uh, you can go to my website, and the title of the, the seminar is Nothing is as Constant as Change. And we're going to be taking uh, a look at something that's brand new. This is a brand new offering that came from a nationwide insurance company. And it's a, a product that I think is going to be, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, talk about innovation. You know, these guys have created an annuity product. Now, annuities for a lot of people are a bad word. Some people love them. Some people don't like them at all. There are letter, literally thousands of them. I mean, literally thousands. I, I subscribe to this really expensive professional Morningstar database. It's got every annuity contract in the country in it. Okay. Last time I looked at it, I think there were around 6,000. 6,000? <laughs> what? How could you? I don't even know 6,000 words. <laughs> well, maybe I do, but the, uh, the point is there are a lot of them, and this is a brand new one. And it's got a lot of benefits. The tax deferral is one of them. That's one of the big things about these. But the thing I really like about this, it's got super low costs, super low costs. And you're not forced to take any of the, of the extras that a lot of the other annuities come packaged with. And when they have the extras, you know you're paying for them. So this one's different. It breaks it out. Shows you if you want to add that extra in there, it gives you the option to add the extra and it'll show you exactly how much it's going to cost. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. I don't know if you've ever read an annuity uh, contract, but yay. The, uh, it is incredibly difficult to try to figure out what you're being charged. <laughs> and in most cases, you don't. In most cases, they don't know. There's a sneaky little thing I won't bother talking about in there, but there are a lot of annuities out there. I promise you, the people that are in them don't know what they're actually being charged. They don't know. So this one's going to, you know, they fired the first shot. It'd be really interesting to see if anybody else comes along to try to uh, improve on that. Now, I just got the material. I just got this material two days ago. So two days ago, and I'm looking at it and I'm going, wow, that is an awesome idea. Don't give them any insurance unless they want it. And let's tell them how much they're paying for it. Did it really take this long to get to that level? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> and now, but now it's here. And it's, uh, by the way, every major fund company, Fidelity, Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, you name it. I mean, they're, the options are astronomical. These are institutional funds. You know what the difference between a retail fund and an institutional fund is? It's actually the same fund with a different fund's uh, cost structure. The, the cost structure is lower because the institutions get a discount to what you and I would pay if we go directly to the company. So anyway, I'm going to be talking about a lot of that at the, uh, the seminar because this this opens up a lot of options, a lot of options. I know a lot of people are afraid of running out of money in retirement. They're going to give you an option for that. You can still stay invested in the stock market. You're not going to get your participation capped way that a lot of these other products are. Oh, it's only 60% of the S&P's return. By the way, 
that's not including the dividend. So now you're talking about, you know, the dividend yield is typically somewhere around 20% of the actual return. So now you're only talking about a 40% participation rate. Yeah. Everybody excited about that? <laughs> you're only going to get, you're only going to get 40%. Yeah, but you won't lose your money. Okay. Well, they that, that's about to be improved upon. Like I said, they're firing the first shot and I can't offer uh, to send you information on that product yet. Yeah, I will be able to shortly. Like I said, I literally, it just came across my desk. Uh, they taught my rep at Nationwide or the guy that calls on me. He's an institutional sales guy. Yeah, he called because he knew I'd be interested and it's a big deal. And by the way, this one truly, you know how a lot of them will tell you, well, they don't have any sales charges. Well, they have a contingent deferred sales charge, most of them. That's a CDS. That's a sales charge, by the way. Um, but they're not calling it that. The uh, These truly have no sales charge. No money. No, they're not going to charge you any money going in, no money going out. Even if you bought the benefits, you know, the guaranteed lifetime income benefits or uh, any of the other benefits that come along with it, um, if you decided to pull all your money out of it, you get whatever the account balance is, no penalties. It's, it's a kind of a big deal. So if, if you're out there and look, maybe you have an reason you'd like me to take a look at them and compare them for you, I'll do that. No sweat. The, uh, and, um, like I said, I, my goal in, like I've said before, anyway, my goal in my business is to be completely, uh, transparent to really try to explain everything that, that you really, uh, need to know. And a lot of stuff you probably don't really need to know, but, don't want to know, but I'm obligated to tell you because I'm a fiduciary. <laughs> and, and that's what we have to do. So we have to tell you what uh, what you're up against, you know. Realistically, I, I just try to be the advisor I'd like to have. That, that, that's my goal, is to be the advisor that I would like to have. I want to know. I can make really good decisions if I know what I'm deciding on. Now, if you're not leaving stuff out, you know, I'm pretty sure I can make a pretty good decision. And uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll get off that uh, soapbox. <laughs> you can uh, uh, sign up for the seminar, Bullington Capital Management. Click on the seminar tabs there. And uh, right there, um, you can register for it. And I think this is going to be, a, and this is awesome. Uh, I think for the right people, uh, it's really, it, there's just more peace of mind this way. And which is kind of, isn't it what everybody kind of strives for is peace of mind? You know, I read all the time and, you know, and I have people ask me all the time, um, how do I make sure I don't run out of money? <clears throat> and the bottom line is it's, it's pretty tricky. Uh, you need to use more than one tool, probably going to have to invest in more than one type of investment. Um, you're going to have to have some stuff that's, that's fixed, some guaranteed stuff in there. You're going to have to have some stuff that that's going to provide more growth because inflation doesn't retire when you do. So you got to keep up, try to keep up anyway. And uh, that means you're going to have to invest in something other than a, a CD or a treasury bond uh, or preferred stock. Um, you know, there aren't very many. Well, the uh, there are a lot of options, but all the options that are quote unquote safe or safer typically don't pay a whole lot. And you can kind of guess as to how safe <laughs> an investment is just based on the, the yield that it has. How much is it paying? 
If it's paying more than 3%, there's going to be some risk there. If it's paying more than uh, 4 to 5%, unless it's an immediate income annuity, which we'll talk about a little bit, if it's a regular investment, there's going to be some risk there. It's probably a high-yield bond fund. Okay. The, uh, by the way, the way that it, an immediate income annuity, since I mentioned it and said I'd talk about it, I'll just talk about it right now. An immediate income annuity is a product that you buy, you put money into it, and then they, the insurance company guarantees a lifetime income for you. Now, you have to apply, and the, the rates are all different all across the co- uh, companies. Um, the companies themselves are the ones making their guarantees. There's no government agency standing behind that. So the, uh, uh, no federal government agency anyway. And, uh, so the risk is that there is that the insurance company is able to shoulder that risk and make those payouts for you. Okay. If that insurance company has problems, you might have to take a haircut on what you get out of that. That's, that's one of the problems and, and pensions. It's the same way now. I mean, you read about it all the time. You know, there's huge articles last week about GE's pension plan and the problems that they're having there. Well, yeah, when they when they first created those pension plans, the average life expectancy for a male was about 67. That was the life expectancy of an average male. Okay, so now that the life expectancy is is significantly longer. And returns on the investments are lower than they were back then. You can see where that problem comes in, right? So you've got these these pensions. If it's not from the government, I say, by the way, this is why you don't really have to worry too much about a government pension uh, or a, um, yeah, a government, mainly the federal government is probably the best pension you can have. You know why? Because the federal government owns these things called printing presses. <laughs> That they can, uh, they can literally, literally print the money. Not, not that they would do that. You know, hopefully they don't do that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to wonder about them guys. <laughs> the, uh, but hopefully they wouldn't do that. But they have the ability to extend credit, and so they can take on uh, an enormous amount of debt if they'd like to. All this, by the way, is inflationary. And that's another whole topic. We'll we'll come back to that in some other point in time. I'm I'm always talking about it anyway. But so when you're looking at uh, safer incomes, you know, the government's probably the highest. You know, getting the U.S. government, um, Social Security's right up there. I know you read a lot of stuff about that. The reality is, I'm probably going to have to be 70 to be able to collect. And in case you're wondering, I'm 56. The uh, man, I hate saying that. <laughs> But by the time I get to uh, full Social Security age, which right now is 67, it's probably going to be 70. So I've already resigned myself to that. I'm going to be 70 before I can collect full Social Security. That doesn't necessarily mean that you should wait that long. Uh, that's something where you really have to sit down with somebody and kind of map out what you're going to do. And everybody's situation is different. There's no one solution, one size fits all with that. You literally have to talk to an advisor if you're not familiar with how Social Security works. And somebody who can kind of take a look at your your position and give an unbiased opinion uh, as to what they would do. And everybody's different. I've never met two people who were identical in all of their financial situations. N- not once. My entire career have I met two people who are identical. And by the way, a lot of the people I have talked to were married to each other. 
<laughs> husband and wife sitting there, they have completely separate separate ideologies, goals, you know, knowledge. It's a uh, that's a lot. You gotta you gotta talk about it. You know, I didn't realize I was gonna have to get it. You know, I didn't realize I was going to be a counselor uh, on a lot of psychological issues. I would have paid a lot more attention in my uh, psychology classes. <laughs> but the uh, reality is nobody's really the same. You know, you can have similar investments, but they're probably not going to be exactly the same. No two portfolios are exactly the same. And uh, I know a lot of people strive for that exactness. I want to know exactly what it's going to be. Really, what other aspect in your life can you say this is exactly how it's going to be? Well, not many. That's the answer. Not many. Especially if you have kids. (laughs) And really, especially if you're a wife and you have kids and then grandkids. The more people you throw in there, the more complicated it gets. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's a, uh, I know you know what I'm talking about. But you need to have somebody you can sit down, you can talk to, and say, hey, these are my concerns. And it's not for me to tell you what the most important things are. If you ask me what my opinion is, I'm very opinionated. I'd be glad to give it to you. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you that these are my opinions. This is how I feel. This is why I feel the way I feel. But you know what? I may recommend something different for you based on how you feel, how you want to do things. And I'm going to give you options. That's how we work. You tell me what you're trying to accomplish, and I'm going to give you the the best options available to try to get you there. Uh, That's not always possible, by the way. Somebody comes in and they need to average, have an average annual return of 15% a year or even 10% a year. Really? Are you willing to see your portfolio fluctuate by 50% or more? Oh, no. Well, then that's just off the table. And um, that's hard to tell somebody. Hey, you know, it's almost as hard to go to a commercial break, but I'm being forced to. I'm just kidding. You listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. People asking me how I can praise you with all that I've gone through. And we're back. Listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Hey, you can go to my website if you want to reach out and set up a free consultation. There's uh, no uh, pressure whatsoever. We're not a low-pressure firm. We are a no-pressure. So you can get acquainted, ask me questions, You know, just give us a call. Go to the website, uh, check it out there. That's also where you can sign up for that the seminar that's coming up. And that's actually going to be November 22nd. It's going to be 630 uh, I'm going to get you out of there by the latest at 8 o'clock, and I do open for questions. I'm only going to need to, actually, I'll only need to talk at this one for about 45 minutes. Now, I can hear the laughter out there from everybody that's ever been to one of my other seminars, but uh, I'm I'm serious this time. <laughs> so, I'm not going to talk all that long. The, uh, I'm going to open up more for questions, and um, because I'm sure you'll have a lot of them. Nothing is as constant as change, and it's changing again. You know, there there are quite a few things that have been happening over the past few years, 
other than uh, better, faster smartphones and 5G, the uh, financial services industry has really, really changed. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but you know, most, um, most big brokerage firms now are waiving the commissions. They're not going to charge commissions. Uh, it's been, they've been kind of edging their way towards that. And, um, I will tell you that just because it's commission free doesn't mean there are not costs. It's just that you don't get charged that pesky transaction fee, you know, the ticket charge. That's what they used to call it. Uh, whenever you buy or sell something. So that's pretty cool. Um, another reason to finish the uh, look out for the bull website. It's actually up. Uh, you can sign up for it. We just haven't begun to broadcast the, the daily emails and we will talk about that at the, on the last segment of today's show. Um, but it's almost there and I'm actually, I've got a uh, camera inside the studio here. So if you see this show or hear this show and you'd like to watch it, I'm not sure why anybody would want to do that, but it will be up on the YouTube channel <laughs> eventually. And, um, at some point in time, we'll be actually be able to live broadcast it. So that's part of the, the whole change. I, if you'd have told me I'd be doing this stuff, the stuff that I'm doing today, you know, 15 years ago, I would have said, no, there is no way that is not going to happen that fast. Um, actually I probably would have said, yeah, but that's going to be 10 years from now and ended up being 15 years. <laughs> that's typically how it goes, which can, uh, be very, uh, mm, I don't know. I don't, disappointing is not the word. I guess it makes you anxious for it because you know, all this stuff is out there. Like, and here's something that if, if you really want to aggravate yourself, go get a subscription to, uh, MIT's technology review. You hear about all these technologies that they're working on and that they're, uh, you know, going to be out soon. Uh, yeah, some of them get there in about 10 years. <laughs> Occasionally one or two of them will get there a little bit quicker, but, uh, it can be really frustrating, frustrating knowing that stuff is out there and that it's not being produced and distributed. So, but you know, at least you get to the thoughts of knowing that it's on its way. And I got to take a real quick phone call now. If you'd like to call us, numbers two one six nine zero one zero nine four five, and I'm going to go right to Walter. How you doing? Hey, Bill. Hey. Uh, uh, some questions, a couple of questions at least. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one on the annuity thing. Right. Uh, I'm. I was reading a, a Berkshire Hathaway's 2017 annual report. That's the last one I have from mm-hmm. him. And. Uh, Warren Buffett is as knowledgeable about insurance as I've ever heard anybody. Well, he should be. He owns Geico. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, he owns he owns like ten insurance. Oh companies. yeah, he's got a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. And he he openly says they power his investment. You know? Oh sure, absolutely. And, and uh, you know he's brilliant when it comes to calculations and and you know all that loss uh, stuff. You know, and in the 2017 annual report. He was talking about um, uh, the $400 billion event. And he was talking, and, and I want to kind of connect this with uh, annuities. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that uh, so far we've been fortunate that uh, um, we've not had a $400 billion event when it comes to a catastrophic event in the United States. Right. But he says there's a 2% chance of that happening in any, any given year. And he says, the longer it doesn't happen, the greater the chance goes up. Sure. 
and two percent is you know that's not that's, astronomical. No, that's one in fifty. You and I are probably both young enough to see that happen. <laughs> and this is what he said. He he was talking about how that would affect his uh, company. He mm-hmm. said that if there's a four hundred billion dollar, and he says or more, but he said he he capped it at four hundred billion, that Berkshire Hathaway would lose twelve billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that happened, he right. says we're big enough to absorb that loss. Right. He says it would hurt us, but right. you know. Right. Uh, they'll still be afloat. He says, however, uh, a lot of insurance companies will go out of business if that event happens. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And then he said this, Bill. He said, maybe most of them. And I was thinking when he said that, well, what happens if you have an annuity with one, with, with, if most insurance companies go out of business, what happens if you have an annuity? That's exactly, yeah, that is exactly why you need to talk about that. Uh, the companies that you're talking about, uh, there are a lot of smaller companies, and that's what he's talking about. There are literally several thousand insurance companies. Many of them are not big enough to be able to handle the $400 billion event. Okay? Um, the Berkshire Hathaways of the world that own Geico and uh, National Indemnity, which is huge. The, uh, that's actually, I think, a bigger part of his business. Um, General they'll, Re. Yeah, they'll, they'll survive. And... It's the smaller ones who probably aren't going away. And you know what will happen uh, when you, well, might happen, is you get that big catastrophic event, wipes out all the smaller insurance companies, and guess who they have to go to? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all the other people out there. So does it mean uh, you should drop your small insurance? No, I would probably look up the uh, AM Best rating on it, though. And if it's not at least an A, I'd, I'd be... Uh, I don't know. I would probably try to shop around. And yeah, because you always hear this, that, that if you're with an insurance company and they have financial problems, that the insurance industry acts as a backstop. And so if you have an annuity, they'll, you know, they'll pick it up, you know. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to say that anymore, by the way. <laughs> I okay. just learned that in my uh, uh, continuing ed classes for insurance. The, but that's uh, a real problem. I mean, it, you know, when he says that maybe most of all insurance companies will go out of business. Well, that's because I mean, there are literally thousands of them. But when you look at the market share that those smaller firms have, it's not a lot. So the market share is actually shared uh, more heavily amongst the top you know, 20 insurance companies. The mm-hmm. top 20 insurance companies probably account for more than 50% of all the business. So, and if something like that happens, they're probably going to account for a much higher level of that business. And what typically happens when an insurance company goes belly up is that the other, there are other insurance companies that come in, they don't not pay all the claims, they pay something. And the highest bidder, the ones that's willing to pay the most for that company's assets and liabilities, typically the one that wins that bid, takes over, and then there's an offering to the policyholders Generally, it's going to be smaller than the amount that they'd actually been insured for, but it's it's rarely it's uh, a zero. Uh, doesn't mean it can't be. Yeah, uh, it just means that. But but in other words, be prepared to get a haircut, right? Yeah, yeah. So and that's one of the things about you know when you're shopping for insurance, the price is an issue, but the quality of the insurance company is also an issue. Their pay, their claims paying ability is that's a big issue. And in fact, I worked for at which what at the time was the third largest life insurance company uh, in the country. Uh, and that was a company called the Equitable. They were just behind, you know, they were actually number three. And they actually 
made some investment contracts that they guaranteed that they just could not pay the claims on. Uh, they could not make good on that, so that it strained their net capital to the point that they had to be sold, and today they're called AXA. Yeah, so the people that came in uh, actually came in and said, you know, we'll take on that responsibility because we think we can do it. We are going to make adjustments to those policies. And it's not like people lost all their money or anything. Uh, hardly anybody lost all their money. They just got a much lower rate than they were going to get under the old contract, which the equitable could not could no longer afford to pay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people should factor that in. That, oh well, that. yeah, it, absolutely. You know the uh, and by the way, what you're going to do is you're going to look at the uh, a, a company like an AM Best. You, you're going to have to take their word for it because that insurance company is not going to open their books up to you. You show up and knock at the door and say, "Hey, I want to look at your book." Yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> so you, your only resource really is a company like an like an AM Best uh, or Moody's. And you look at their credit quality, you hope that those guys did a good job. And bottom line is, at some point in time, you're just going to have to, you know, to have a little bit of faith. And unfortunately, that's, you know, that's actually the way that works. Um, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's, it's fortunately or unfortunately. I don't know. But uh, at some point in time, you're going to have to put the faith in the insurance company. Now, I've had Geico for years, um, mainly because I've always been really busy. And I could do everything over the phone long before these other guys were able to do that. Like a long time. I don't even know if it's competitively priced. I haven't looked at it. <laughs> I, I've used it. They've always been very good on their service. I mean, extraordinarily. So it's a, uh, um, I look at, around, I go, yeah, this is, uh, I could probably save a little bit of money on this. But Berkshire Hathaway is one really big company. <laughs> Right. They have a lot of assets behind them, and Geico's a big part of that. So I feel comfortable uh, knowing that you know I, I should be okay there if something happens. But State uh, got Farm. A, got a question on the economy? Sure. Um, uh, that was my second question. Okay. Um, you hear that the economy is good, you know? Right. Although you hear manufacturing is starting to really slow down now. Uh I want to make a comparison between the economy now and under Clinton. You know, I don't want to get too political, but under Clinton, remember the Internet economy? Oh, man. That, yeah. He, he's, the booming economy. Yeah. He, well, not only was it a booming economy at the time, okay? I was looking at the growth rate in 98, 99, 4.4 and 4.8% growth rate for the year, for the whole year, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That economy, not only was it a great economy, but... The deficit, the national deficit, which was significant when Clinton, you know, became president, mm-hmm. went down and went into a, like a small surplus. Right. Now we have a, a so-called good economy, people. I think it's all right, but it's nowhere close to what it was under the Internet economy. The deficit, I, I just uh, heard this last week, the deficit, the short-term deficit, has increased $1 trillion in the last 11 months. Right. If the economy is so good, why is the deficit going up? Because it was accompanied by tax cuts that were larger than um, the offsets. So the deficit is going to continue to increase under this uh, taxation scheme, uh, or whatever you want to call it. I don't care what yeah. you call it. The, uh, but yeah, and um, Clinton, by the way, had a uh, had studied economics 
at Oxford, which is in England, and has been around longer than the United States has been a country. <laughs> and all the things that we know about economics have actually come from Europe. So he knew exactly which buttons to push. Now, a lot of the things that he did actually came home to roost and, and caused some problems later. You have to remember, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. You just don't know where, and you just don't know when. <laughs> so when you do stuff like that, um, he did jump the economy up big time, and I'm glad he did it. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's awesome. And uh, it, it worked. And there were a lot of things, though, that were put into motion there where it kind of overshot. That's one of the reasons you had the tech bubble and the, and the, and the kind of the crash. It was a contributing factor. It wasn't the, the main reason. But ultimately, what happens is uh, higher inflation results from all of these activities. You know, every activity that's out there, the, the stuff that is going on now is people who make a lot of money have gotten the largest portion of the tax cuts um, because they really needed them the most, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and by the way, the rest of us are going to get to pay for that. Yeah. The, um, and uh, so, you know, the, the pendulum swings both ways. I'm right in the middle. I just wish that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the decider party. I, I read somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, but roughly 40% of the uh, population uh, sides with the Democrats, 40% sides with the Republicans. That leaves 20% in the middle. So I decided to call that the decider party. <laughs> it's however they vote that determines who's going to hold office. Uh, it's the uh, the swing voters. And uh, I really just try to vote for whoever I think is going to do the best job economically, because ultimately, when people have food and clothing and housing uh, and crime rate drops, it just goes down. Revenues go up. Tax revenues go up. Deficits tend to shrink. Right. Right. So I'm for the economy. You know, whoever's going to do the most for the economy, that's who I'm going to vote for. So I have no political affiliation whatsoever. But you would think that with, um, you know, I agree with you that the, corp- uh, in fact, I, I saw the uh, corporate tax rate just at 13.6% when you include deductions and loopholes, and they didn't take out much, you know, of that when they adjusted it down to 21%, you know, right. the corporate tax rate. Right. And that's what's ballooning the economy. You're right. You know, tax revenues from corporations down 31%. Okay, yeah, since, right. since he's done it. And Clinton raised it from 35, I think, to 39. Yeah. You know, the, so, you know, even though he raised it, the economy still boomed. Yep. This guy lowered it, and now the deficit is ballooning. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it, here's why it doesn't make any sense. There's less need for unemployment insurance. Yep. Hey, okay? can, can you hang on for a second? I hear the music. Sure. That means we're going to get bumped here by commercials. <laughs> you're, look, you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. And we are back. Hey, Walter, you're still there? Yeah. No. Yeah. The, uh, man, that commercial break was so long, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, the economy. We went from annuities to the economy. Okay. Um, can I add to it that... Um, I just saw the statistic, and this is why I'm not that confident with the economy, despite all the good news you hear. Again, I think the economy is all right. I don't think it's great. But the deficit is getting out of hand, and 
you know, eventually every economy is going to slow. And that when that happens, the deficit is really going to balloon, you know? Well, and I'll tell you what, it, here's, this would make you feel a little bit better. Um, after World War II, the national debt was 145% of GDP. It's a little less than that now, about 20% or so. So we were in worse shape financially in 1945 than we are today. So that should make you feel a little bit better. Um, but I, I understand. I agree. I think that's something that's you have to be careful. You know, you're walking a tightrope here. Yeah, yeah, you are. And, you know, one, but one slip. Here's the great thing about this whole system, though. You can slip, fall off the high wire. There's a net. That net is called the Fed and the Treasury. And the natural result of their actions to correct something that happens like that is going to be inflation. It's one of the reasons I keep talking about, I don't care how old you are, you need to find a way to put some of your money into the stock market, at least under current conditions. Now, when stocks get way overvalued, the way that tech stocks were in the late 90s, you're going to want to lighten up on that particular area. I've been talking about semiconductors now for, I don't know, probably a year, the uh, maybe a little longer. At some point in time, those are going to become overpriced. That is when everybody else is going to want to be investing in them. I promise you it's going to happen. You can remember, write this day down, and what I said, you will see this happen. Because they're getting all excited about it, because 5G is a real thing. It's happening. They're rolling it out. It's not backward compatible. The uh, semiconductors are becoming more like a, a consumer staple than it is a consumer cyclical item because of the sheer demand on everything. And their valuations are relatively low and their revenues are up 40%. What does that remind you of? That reminds you of the early or the mid 90s. And uh, is it going to happen again? I don't know. But I think there's a pretty good chance that that's, that particular industry does exceptionally well the same way it did in the late 90s, right before it crashed. My issue with this is that people are going to listen to what I say. They're going to wait until it goes up to a 300% and then buy it. Yeah. Because that's when they'll be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's, that's basically the life of an investment advisor. <laughs> the, uh, uh, and they'll, most of them will be mad at me. You know, because they heard it from me. <laughs> so, uh, but I one, I last thing, one last thing sure. on the economy. Yep. Um, uh, the group that you were talking about, you you need to be invested in stocks, you know, mm-hmm. to some extent. Right. Yep. But, uh, you know, you hear these statistics. I saw one from 2015. That's the last one I saw that 45% of all Americans don't have money in stocks. In this, even though people say it's a good economy, right. uh-huh. in this economy, if you don't own stocks, you're getting hammered because you are given no incentive to save money because you're making nothing at a bank or on a bond. Right, absolutely. So yeah. so isn't some of the economy that we have, if it's good, it's based on the fact that these people who don't own stocks have no incentive to save money because they get no return, basically, on whatever they can save. Yeah, that could be a contributing factor. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure in some households it is, you know, for sure. So... You know, they, what do we do about that? I don't know. Do you uh, try to raise interest rates when you've got a uh, like a somewhere around fourteen or fifteen trillion dollars of interest-bearing debt? That uh, you know, one percent of that's going to be one hundred forty billion. And, yeah. And so I don't know. It, it's a tough spot. What I'm saying is that the 
inf- inflation is probably going to be the result. You're going to see it picking up. Um, at some point in time, somebody may cut back on spending. They may increase tax revenue. That will cause the economies to slow down. Market's probably going to react negatively to that, but that's the cycle. That's the, that's how it's always been. And so you got to look out, not just over the next 12 to 18 months. It's amazing when I talk to people and their, their opinion of long term is 12 to 18 months. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's more like five to 10 years. That's what long term is. Right. Over the next 12 to 18 months, it's meaningless. You should, you could toss a quarter. And your chances of being right are are better than they are of you trying to guess at which way it's going to go, but but right now yeah it's not all that fast by the way the growth is not that fast that's why I'm not that worried about it it's not like we're going to slow if we did slow down a lot it would it doesn't have to slow much you know to slow down and yeah. during the 1980s you saw seven to eight percent a year GDP growth that is nuts I mean that is just crazy. Yeah, the price of an automobile, by the way, uh, th- those guys didn't, uh, they were part of the, the cause there. The price of an automobile was 9% a year. It was, they were literally going up 9% a year. The, uh, medical care costs have been going up around 9% a year. So, um, I don't know. I, all I know is that right now, the, uh, the better place to be with at least, with at least a portion of your money is some sort of a stock portfolio. Uh, without it, you will make nothing. Because the interest rates are so low. I'm looking at the 10 year treasury rate right now. It closed, uh, at 1.76. 1.76. Next to nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially after you pay taxes on it. When you pay taxes and factor in inflation, and I'm not talking about the government's inflation rate. I'm talking about the real inflation rate. Go to Panera sometime and see how much that costs. <laughs> Yeah. It's really gone up. So yeah, stocks are not only are they a good place to invest, but, I think they're your only place if you're going to make any money at all. Uh, the, the trick is getting the balance between how much risk you feel like you can take and uh, how much you need to take to be able to, to make a decent return. And it is hard. I mean, it is really hard. That's why when somebody comes up and says, listen, we're going to uh, an insurance company that knows what they're doing, uh, hopefully, the uh, and comes out and says, "Listen, we we know what your average life expectancy is. We know over a large pool of of people that we can afford to pay this much out, even if the market only does this well. And this is what we're willing to guarantee. And by the way, if you don't like it after you've been in it, we'll let you back out of it with no penalties. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And uh, this is the first one of its kind, and I'm sure there will be others following suit. Uh, everybody's kind of watching him." Right now, by the way, to see if they make it. <laughs> Is there a minimum amount you have to invest? In? I, I think it's fifteen thousand. You know, it's, it's not, not too bad. No, it's, you know? it's not. Yeah, and there's no, literally, no cost in or out, and it's not a. a, a there's no commissions ever paid on it. You know, the uh, I'm, uh, I'm so tired of people. So well, they, they, you know, they said there's no sales charge. Um, well, a contingent deferred sales charge is a sales charge. Ask the person that's selling it if they get a commission. And if they say, then then show it to me. I'll I'll tell you whether they get a commission on it or not because I'll just pull it up in my database. But the um, um, I shouldn't even talk about that stuff. I have to apologize. I hate being negative. This is just it's a really good option for a lot of people, especially if you have a fear of markets. You'll know exactly what your risks are. 
you know exactly what your costs are. I think that's one thing that's really tough about um, my business. You have to look so deep into some of these products, into their prospectuses, to be able to find out what the real risks are. In uh, the vast, uh, a large number of people who are are selling the products really don't know. Um, it's a uh, they they know what they've been told, and they've been given the material, and and they've been told to read it for themselves. But you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, hey Walter, well, thank I, you for your insight. Oh well. no, thanks for calling, and uh, feel free to call anytime. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, I've got this uh, um, economic data um, that I pay a lot of money for, actually, the, uh, so that I can have it. Uh, and it's really interesting. It's a service called Y-Charts. I've only got a couple minutes here le- left here. Shoot, that's what I get for rambling. Anyway, the uh, I know I've been saying this forever now. Uh, look out for the bull. You could actually, I just have to figure out how to send out the uh, emails now. Everything else has been done. If you wanted to go to that website and kind of uh, tool around on it, um, don't sign up for it because it will take your money. It took mine. <laughs> it took my money already. <laughs> but uh, that should be done within the next week uh, by that seminar for sure. And uh, there are a lot of uh, companies that are coming up on scans. That's a good thing. When I don't see very many companies that are coming up on the scans, that means there aren't very many companies that are very strong right now. Okay, The fact that I've got more than 40 coming up on my favorite list that's a pretty good sign. When that number's down to five or ten, not so much. <laughs> yeah, when that's up to eighty, you know what? That's when you really start throwing darts. You print that list out, throw darts, and start buying. <laughs> so uh, I will show you, and we will talk about that stuff uh, from this point forward. And one of the uh, keys to this whole thing, by the way, is managing your risk. That's what investing really comes down to anymore. The, the products that are out there, you can get to know them. You need to know what kind of risk they're taking. And then you need to manage that risk on an ongoing basis. Now that I hear the music, that means this show is over. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. You can also find this on the fish at, as a podcast on the fish. And go to iHeartRadio. Just type in Bullington Capital Report. You'll be there. Or go to my website. Anyway, have a good weekend, good luck, and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.